1: This is Emma Larking. I'm a postdoctoral fellow at the Australian National University and I love the programme Radical Philosophy on 3CR Community Radio. 8.55 on the AM dial.
0: Like some food for thought? Tune in to Radical Philosophy with discussions on freedom, happiness, knowledge, evil and rational argument. With words from Hawthorne, Patman, Jenkins, Hutchinson, Hirsi Ali and Plumwood. Let's get radical about philosophy. I'm Bridget Evans and you're listening to Radical Philosophy on 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial. The popular idea that a child forgets easily is not an accurate one. Many people go right through life in the grip of an idea which has been impressed on them in very tender years. Agatha Christie, 1935. Welcome to Radical Philosophy. I'm your host, Beth Matthews. Today we have an interview with Professor Christine Overall, who has written a book called Why Have Children? And I'm speaking to Professor Christine Overall about why have children welcome to the program thank you very much now what was it that inspired your interest in the topic why have children
1: this was an issue that came to me years and years ago as a young woman when i was first thinking about whether or not to have children and i regarded it as a very difficult decision and being a philosopher by training I thought I would look into the philosophical literature and see what philosophers had said about it, and I found virtually nothing. And yet it seemed to me that it was a topic about which people now have a choice. With the advent of reliable means of contraception, with access to abortion, people have much more choice about whether or not they'll have children. So it seemed to me that this was a topic that was of philosophical value and worth exploring.
0: Why is choosing to have children an ethical issue?
1: It's an ethical issue because it affects so many people. So first of all, of course, it affects the child whom you're considering creating. It's, after all, a huge responsibility to think about bringing somebody into existence. You're creating a life that could last for 70, 80, 90 years. And some of what's going to happen to that life is unknown. So you're taking a kind of moral chance. Having children, of course, also has an effect on other people. It has an effect on other members of the family. It has an effect on people in your community. It makes a difference to the society in which you live. So it's because reproducing affects so many people that it is an ethical issue. It's not simply a personal choice.
0: What are the reasons that people do not recognize or fail to acknowledge?
1: I think some people do recognize it. people, people have. Some people have always recognized that it's morally significant to choose to have children. So, for example, people who live in impoverished circumstances or in dangerous circumstances or who, people who are struggling with diseases people in those circumstances I think know that they can't afford to be complacent and probably have recognized for years and years and years that, that it is an ethical issue but it may be that people in more prosperous societies sometimes fail to see it as an ethical issue because they think it's simply a matter of personal choice. Maybe it's just a matter of how you live your life. And and choosing to have children is, of course, the result of very private behavior. It's usually the result of heterosexual activity or in the case of people who either struggle with certain forms of infertility or who may not have a partner of the other sex those people may have to make use of reproductive technologies, but those seem like, to some people, very private kinds of activities. And so for that reason, I think some people may be inclined not to see choosing to have children as an ethical issue, but merely a personal one. My own view, of course, is that It's a mistake not to recognize that it's an ethical issue, but I think it's understandable why some people might not recognize it.
0: Uh, Could you explain about feminist perspectives?
1: Yes. So it seems to me that having children is obviously a particularly important choice for women. It's one of the most crucial choices that women can make if they choose to have children, and it's a choice that deeply affects women's lives. It's a choice to change your life forever. And and I think that's also true for men as well. But it's particularly significant for women because it involves women's bodies so much. It's, it's a choice about your biology. And on top of that, of course, we still live in cultures that tend to see child-rearing as being primarily uh, women's responsibility. That is changing, and I think it's changing in the direction of recognizing that child-rearing is an important activity for men as well. But there's still a tendency, when push comes to shove, to see it as a women's responsibility. So because it has such significant effect for women, Uh, Choosing to have children is something that is important from a feminist point of view. And also we know that historically women's procreative capacities have been a way to oppress women and to limit women's possibilities, limit women's futures. It's relatively recently, really, that we've gained as much control over reproduction as we have now. And, of course, in some countries, women still don't have access to the means to control their reproduction. There are certainly some nations where access to abortion is severely limited and where it may be very difficult to access effective contraception. So for all those reasons, reproduction, then, is not simply a personal issue but a political issue, and that's why I think it's important to see it from a feminist perspective. Uh, Reproduction isn't isn't a sort of gender-neutral activity in the slightest. It's something that very, very much affects women, women's future, women's capacities, and women's independence and autonomy. What are
0: the general ethical questions that should be considered in regards to the ethics of choosing whether to have children or not?
1: The first thing I'd say about that is that I think that Choosing not to have children needs to be respected to a much higher degree than it is. I think that even today it still seems to be the case, certainly in North America, that people who choose not to have children are often expected to explain their decision, to justify it. They're, they're expected to give an account of themselves. And yet, oddly, that expectation doesn't rest on people who choose to have children. We still see it as the norm to have children. The default is reproducing. Even in an environment where, in fact, the general fertility rate, that is the number of children on average that each woman has, is declining. Nonetheless, we still make the assumption that women will have children, that men will become fathers. So I think that the first point that needs to be made is that we need to see, we need to, maybe, maybe I could put it, we need to remove the burden of justification from people who choose not to have children, because they are taking the ethically less risky path they, by choosing not to have children, they are not bringing a vulnerable being into existence they are not having the various kinds of effects on the world that reproduction has and and so I think the first point I would want to make is that we need to respect a lot more the choice that some people make not to have children now for those who are thinking that they would like to have children, my my goal is not to be severely prescriptive about this and say you must consider X, Y, and Z, but it seems to me very generally that there are some aspects of the choice that make good sense to consider and that are morally relevant. And one of them is simply the question... Am I the right person to be becoming a parent? Am I a person who has the physical abilities, the psychological capacities, the the insight, the patience, the forbearance that it takes to be a parent? I think a lot of the time when people think about having children, they may in fact simply think about the infancy stage. And perhaps what people don't necessarily think about so much is the fact that they are committing themselves to very intensive child-rearing. They're committing themselves to a lifelong relationship. They're committing themselves to a relationship that will not end unless they end up giving the child up for adoption. And that raises separate issues on its own. So... The first question has to do with one's own capacity, one's abilities, one's psychological strengths. And then I think the second question is a more general one about the suitability of the social environment in which one lives. This obviously includes things about the safety of the environment in which one lives, the resources that one has for raising children, I'm not saying that people with fewer resources should never have children, but it seems to me it makes sense to ask oneself whether or not one has the means to raise a child uh, with some degree of well-being to enable that child to flourish. And then the third aspect, perhaps, of this this decision, and it's one that maybe as, as a species we're only starting to recognize, The third aspect is, I guess, could be described as the global significance of having children. I think that we're at a stage now where we can no longer see ourselves as isolated societies or isolated nations. We know that by adding more children to our society, we are directly or indirectly affecting the future of the planet. So that sounds very grand and yet I think it's not an impossible aspect of the ethics of choosing to have children to consider the global significance of that choice.
0: You're listening to Radical Philosophy on Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial and I'm speaking to Professor Christine Overall about the topic, Why Have Children?, do you think that children themselves are benefiting from coming into the existence?
1: That's a, an extremely interesting question, and it's one on which a number of philosophers have written. There is a very interesting South African philosopher named De- David Benatar who has argued that nobody benefits from coming into existence. Uh, he's actually published a book entitled... Better Never to Have Been, in which he argues that it is always better not to have children because by not having children, you have prevented that, those potential beings from ever suffering. When we come into existence, he says some suffering, some pain is inevitable in every single life, no matter how good. So by choosing not to have a child, one prevents that. Conversely, there are also some philosophers who have argued that, uh, not so much argued, but in some cases just stated without arguing that everyone benefits simply from coming into existence, that existence itself is a benefit, that it's always better to exist than not to exist. I think that both those points of view are mistaken. uh, I think it would be correct to say that some people benefit from coming into existence and some people do not benefit from coming into existence. So if one were to create a child who had a disease so severe that the child was suffering almost constantly, or if one were to create a child in a context of famine where the child is going to be starving until it dies, or a child, to create a child within a context of warfare where the child is in constant danger of being wounded, I think in those cases those children are probably not benefiting from coming into existence. On the other hand, many of us do have good lives. Many of us although I think we do suffer, many of us do, in fact, have enjoyment and have a chance to flourish in all different kinds of contexts within society. I'm not just talking about a kind of Western, middle-class existence. So whether or not somebody benefits from coming into existence, I think, really depends upon the circumstances, the context, and the society into which they come into existence.
0: What are the deontological reasons for having children?
1: So, well, deontological reasons, that basically means reasons pertaining to duty. Reasons that are not concerned with the consequences or outcomes of having children, but rather reasons that have to do with one's sense of duty. And I guess I have some skepticism about about the force of deontological reasons, but certainly people have believed that there are such reasons, and some people believe they are good ones. So, for example, some religious believers uh, think that it is a kind of duty to God to have children. The Bible exhorts us to be fruitful and multiply. And so some people take that as an argument that human beings should procreate and that we owe it to God to do so. I actually think that that's doubtful and because I think it's, first of all, one might have doubts about whether or not there is a God, but secondly, even if one believes there is a God, I think it's difficult to know what God's intentions for people's procreation might be. Some people also believe perhaps that uh, there's a kind of duty to one's family or a duty perhaps to one's spouse or partner. Or people might believe that uh, simply by virtue of their gender that they should have children. So some people might think that a good woman always loves children and wants to have children, or that a good man is a person who becomes a father. So they, they are seeing it as a kind of imperative flowing from their gender identity. And I guess in some cases, certainly in the past and maybe still today in some, in some nations, some people might see it as... Uh, see procreation as a kind of duty to the state, that, that one needs to create children as, in some cases, future soldiers or as future citizens. Once again, I have doubts about these deontological reasons. I think in in most cases, there are reasons for scepticism, for thinking that one owes duties of those kinds.
0: Quite interesting, because uh, a friend of mine who doesn't have any children, she said that she was going to speak to somebody, and she said, uh, oh, do I take your daughter with me? So, you know, she was only about, I think, about six at the time, and went off with her. And she said that it was a strange feeling because she felt that she had credibility. People looked at her and then looked at the child who she was with and sort of approached her in a different manner. So she felt that she had credibility because she had a child with her.
1: I I don't doubt that at all. I'm pretty sure that does indeed happen. I think that expectation is still there that women will have children and I think that there's a tendency to of some people to think that there's something wrong with a woman who doesn't have children and especially they tend to think that there's something wrong with a woman who doesn't want children. I think that some people still tend to think that that's unnatural and all of this just indicates how powerful our traditional notions of gender still are. Even in a time when women have uh, political rights, civil rights, educational rights, rights over our own bodies, nonetheless, there are still these kinds of expectations that kick in. And because those expectations are there, this woman that you described would, in fact, I, I can certainly believe it, acquire a certain kind of credibility by being with a child because she'd be seen by some people as doing what she ought to do. So that concept of doing what one ought to do by virtue of being a woman, that seems to me to be a kind of deontological throwback, I'd almost call it. You know, it's it's a sense of obligation or compulsion arising from the idea of what it means to be gendered as a woman. And it's very limiting. I think it makes absolutely no sense to have expectations of all women, or of all men, for that matter, to have children. We know that as women get more education, and as women have access to contraception, birth rates go down. Women show by their own choices that they don't want to have as many children as they had in the past, and some women don't want to have children at all. And women are perfectly capable of contributing fully and completely to society without reproducing. So I think it can be a, a quite a, a pernicious expectation of women that they, that they reproduce, and it's kind of regrettable that a woman ends up Getting more credibility simply by virtue of having somebody else's child with her.
0: And I've been speaking to Professor Christine Overall about her book, Why Have Children?